0: Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon, I was a teacher for eight years. I worked as a maths lead and RE lead, but the absolute highlight of my career for me was getting to work with trainee teachers and getting to help them begin their career on the right foot. Today we've got a really interesting show for you. We're going to be talking all about AI in teaching and what the impact might be for ECTs and trainee teachers. We've got a special guest from Twinkle Digest with us today, John Park, and he's going to help inform our conversation because I must admit I don't know that much about AI. Just before we dive in, I'll remind you of our social media links. We're looking for guests for the show, so if you'd like to get in touch with us, that's the way to do it. So you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash twinkle trainee teachers on Twitter at trainee twinkle or one word Instagram is instagram.com slash twinkle trainee teachers or one word the same for Pinterest, pinterest.co.uk slash twinkle and TikTok, you can find us at twinkle trainee teachers. And this podcast will be going out on most podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music. Okay, so um, thank you for tuning in. I'd just like to start by saying congratulations to anyone who's finished their training recently or is about to finish. That's amazing. Well done, you. And another congratulations to any ECTs who have just completed their ECT year one. Or I don't, I don't know if we'd have any ECT year twos yet, but if we do, congratulations to you as well. I hope you're enjoying the end of the year. So, um, John, could you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Hello, yes, uh, I'm John, I'm a writer for Twinkle Digest, and Twinkle Digest is basically Twinkle's site for the latest education news, what's happening in news, policy, research, we take all of that, we put it into easy to digest chunks, so that it's a quick read on your lunch break at the end of the day, uh, just to keep you updated with what's going on in the world of education. Um, I, I'm, I'm a teacher by trade, I, I used to teach four years in the UK system, but two years then after that, in the international sector, I was a teacher in China as well. So I've got experience of uh, teaching in, in two different sections there. Um, and again, just like you, the absolute joy of my career was when I had someone in my classroom who was training, who was learning and actually seeing the growth they made as a teacher was, was great. So I absolutely love what you're doing here. And I, I love working with trainees and just helping them become the best teacher they can be.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! If we get time at the end, I'd love to Thank ask you about teaching in China. Actually, that's really interesting. Absolutely. Um, so I, I talked with um Sophie and she said you'd already written a bit about AI. So can I ask what what's interested you about AI and made you want to write about it?
1: I think there's two main things which I just am really fascinated with AI when it comes to education, and one is the technology. And one is what it can do for teachers. I mean, the technology is fascinating. Just the growth in what we've seen over the past few months more than anything. Um, a year ago, we were looking at image generators which produced stuff which looked awful. Let's be blunt. A year ago, the AI stuff was look, just looked awful. And now we're seeing photorealism.
0: Oh, yeah. It was, and I, I've, I've seen image generators that can generate a very complex image very quickly. This
1: is it. And, and the growth we're seeing is, is phenomenal. And, and the process by which we've seen that where we now have technology which can produce images and text which look like they've created by humans, which resemble that human t- intelligence is amazing and really exciting. And I think, I think a lot of us, particularly in education have become a bit blasé, a bit cynical about technological developments. We've seen them come, we've seen them go, but unlike lots of other ones, this one seems to be sticking. This one seems to have positive real world implications, which could really help teachers. Um, so that's the technology and i'm just really excited by what it
0: could do for teacher workload but yeah me too and i i think the thing with ai is people have got so excited about it it can almost seem like maybe it's it's a buzzword Mm. and it's like being overdone it but i think you know once that's settled down there will be some real changes so um what, what do you think the impact of ai will be in the short term for teaching especially
1: i think it comes back to to workload um and your listeners will absolutely know. I remember when I was an NQT, we, we called it NQTs back then. Uh, just the, the workload was insane. And I was working 12-hour days. I was working on weekends. Um, my, my social life consisted of having Christmas Day itself off. It was It was a nightmare. So we're looking at AI and ways it can reduce the workload. So this could be with those time-consuming tasks, things like creating worksheets which are specific to what you want, Uh, I remember as an NQT, I once spent ages creating three sets of word problems which fit my history theme. Now, everybody's going to have sorts of that, aren't they? And it's just really exciting that AI might be able to take the burden off teachers and free up time for
0: more important things. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I suppose... It's kind of like what we do at Twinkle Mm. already, but taken a bit further. Um, Mm. I mean, I still think it will need teacher kind of oversight to make sure the AI is producing yeah producing good resources but yeah i mean if i the amount of times i had to do the same thing three times at different levels in teaching if i could (laughs) if i could just put that into a computer okay can you make a harder version of this can you make an easier version of this that would that would have saved me so much time
1: (laughs) and i like what you're saying about what you're saying about the next level i think is really important because you're right twinkle has some amazing resources um But often as an NQT, as a teacher, it didn't quite have that specificity, that exact example of what I wanted, and and that's something AI can do. And the other thing it can do is be a starting point. I think particularly for ECTs, I nearly called you NQTs, and I'm sorry about that, ECTs, there's that starting point for lessons, for unfamiliar topics, where you can get ideas jumping off it. And as you say, wouldn't want to rely on it, teachers are professionals for a reason, and we need that professional judgment and that insight. AI makes factual errors. It's not an encyclopedia. It can produce some really realistic looking nonsense, but still nonsense. But as a starting point to jump ideas forward in lessons, as a quick fix for those time consuming laborious tasks AI could play a really big role in the future in just saving teachers'
0: time. Yeah, and I think I should say at this point we do have an AI tool we're trying on site called ARI AI, and I I will say right up front, it's it's in the experimental stage. It will learn and get better as it goes. I've tried it so far and been really impressed with some of the things it produced. I would never just take something it produced and put it in front of a class, but I I have been Mm -hmm. impressed, and I, I agree with you. I think it would be great for things like lesson starters, quizzes, possibly even things like um, letters home, like a quick letter home mm. that you just need to change one or two things. I think it could really save people time. Now, because our audience are also trainee teachers who are attending universities and being graded on their work, what do you think they need to be aware of when they're considering using AI?
1: I think for trainees particularly, there's there's a lot more things to consider Um, both in how you use AI in the classroom and also if you use it for your assignments. I think the key thing about being a trainee teacher is you are learning how to teach. And part of that is learning how to plan and learning how to plan a lesson well, thinking through the stages. There's that famous quote by Eisenhower that plans are useless, but planning is everything. I think indispensable is the word he uses, but planning is everything. And by thinking through the stages and learning how to think through those stages, what is my objective? What do I want the children to know by the end of it? What steps can I do to get there? What prior learning do they need? What tasks can we do for that? By thinking through those steps in your planning and in your training year, you are equipping yourself to deal with things in the future. I I know when I was training, I was once given a lesson which had been planned by another teacher and something went differently and I fell apart. And that's because I hadn't planned the lesson, I didn't know it. If I planned it, I would be able to do it. So using AI to plan lessons in your training year is something I think you need to be really careful of and slow to do. I think using them to get ideas, initial thoughts is brilliant. As a trainee, be cautious not to become over-reliant on it. And, And the other thing, again, is assessments plagiarism is a huge form of AI at the moment. If you're training to be a teacher, particularly in secondary, you already know this, that students are experimenting with AI with their assessments and their assignments. Don't fall into that trap. Um, use it for ideas. Use it to create worksheets in your placements. Fine. Talk to your tutor about that. Talk to your mentor about that. But Be aware that actually your training year is a really good opportunity to practice and to learn how to teach. And I wouldn't want anyone to jump to the end of that stage by using AI. So use it, take the time uh, away from those mindless tasks, see what it can do, but be open with your tutors, be open with your mentees about how you're using it. And be aware that you don't want to shortcut that learning process as a trainee teacher.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, John, especially on the planning aspect. I remember we had these really laborious templates we had to fill in for every lesson. It had to be the university's format. We couldn't do it any other way. It had to be the university format. Uh, And I just found that really, I I was always to keep it all in my head kind of person I'd mainly my planning would be to write down the groups and kind of what the extensions would be and if there are any sort of special considerations um so I found that really hard but it does hone your practice and eventually you will be able to if you get into a jam just plan something off the cuff um, I've, se- I've seen many an yeah. experienced teacher who, you know, something's gone wrong with the technology that afternoon or it's raining and they can do the thing they want and they've, ju- they've just had something off the cuff and they've thought, okay, I'll-, I'll run with that. And it's been brilliant. And yeah, you don't want to rob yourself of the chance to do that because you never know what can happen in teaching and plans mm-hmm. often go out the window. Um, can I just ask you, the other- I do- okay, go on. So I was just
1: going to say, I- I'd love as a, experiment sometime just it's always fun ask a teacher to see the lesson plan from when they were training to their most recent lesson plan and the lesson plan when they're training will be a page maybe two pages of detailed thoughts and the most recent one might just be a couple of sentences but it's because you've trained you've learned how to plan and you can do it and you can hold that process in your head so yeah
0: yeah, completely agree. The other thing I wanted to ask you about when it comes to trainees is obviously trainee teachers have to apply for jobs. where well, I don't have to, but they normally want to apply for jobs at the end of their training. And a big part of that is the personal statement. And I've had some questions about, do I use AI to help write the personal statement? And that is a function of our AI tool and I tried it and it was actually quite good, but I still wouldn't recommend using an AI personal statement. What do you think?
1: I'd agree with you. I I think the personal statement is your chance to show who you are, what you can do as a teacher and, and put it into your own words. And the thing with personal statements, they don't just talk about what you can do, they reflect your personality and they reflect who you are as a teacher. Now, using ai tools we use ai tools uh, in writing anyway I, I have a grammar checker which has an ai function in it it recognizes things
0: in the yeah works. me too yeah um, and
1: and and it's great it spots when i've made mistakes and it anticipates what i'm trying to say and that is ai informed so using ai for that i think is, is great uh, using ai to write it for you i would say steer clear of that because you're, you're you're robbing yourself of an opportunity to show who you are as a teacher. What it can be useful for, I would say, AI text generators can be useful for refining what you're trying to say a bit and expressing it in different ways. But even then, I'd be careful. I'd be cautious because you want your personality. You want your writing style and who you are as a teacher to come across. So, I'm I'm saying be cautious, and I'm thinking for if you as an N, as an ECT as a new training teacher, you want to find a school which fits you, and the best way to do that is to put a personal statement across which explains what you're like as a teacher, what you've experienced, and allows your voice to come through. And if you pass that job to someone else, you might lose that opportunity to actually find the right school for you.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I think I think the key part is it's a personal statement, and it has to reflect you if you're going to find a school that's a good fit. Uh, I'll just add a couple more things. Uh, A head teacher friend of ours once told us that a typical school might receive around 50 applications for a teaching role, so you want to stand out. And if you're using an AI-generated tool, and if other people are using an AI-generated tool, your statement's not going to stand out. Yeah, it it might sound very polished and nice, but it will lack the human touch. And that's what I found in the AI-generated statement I read. It was almost kind of cold. There was no there was no personality to it. I would have liked a, a mm. bit more kind of, I, I don't know, a, impreciseness in the phrasing and, and just a bit more kind of levity and fun and humanness about it. So yeah. I think what you could do is if you find it hard, and a lot of people do find the structure of a personal statement hard, use it to create like a template you can work off. Because you could just go download a template from online, so it's really not that different. But absolutely, if you do that, rewrite it in your words as you, because that that's what head teachers want. They want to get a, an idea of what you're like.
1: And on that, um, the way AI works, the way our text generators work, um, and all AI based text generators work. They are machine taught, they are learning on what is already being created. So they are taking all these texts, millions, thousands, millions of different texts, different examples, learning from that what a good one looks like and presenting it. Now that's great if you want a worksheet for a problem. It's great if you want what a good one might look like for your lesson. Um, But if you've got a personal statement, it will produce something which might be useful to base, as you say, a structure on. But if you're using it to try and get your personality across and you're only relying on that, you're going to end up with something which looks like everything else because that's what it's been trained on. So take it, use it as a structure, get some ideas from it, but put it into your own voice.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely agree with you, John. And uh, I'd just like to add also to what you said about you have a grammar checker. I think we probably have the same one with AI. I know Microsoft's going to be putting AI into Word and all their other things. I think it's going to be called Copilot or something. It's going to be more in search engines. It's not going to be something that is is like just this discrete thing online. It is going to become part of everything, I think. So we need to adapt to it and uh, work out the best ways we can use it. So if we we zoomed out kind of on a longer time frame, sort of five or 10 years, how do you think it might affect the teaching profession?
1: And this is when we get
0: really interesting, because um, the
1: honest answer is we don't know. If we look back um, I was in school when the first BBC computers were in the classroom. Would have never a guessed that now we were able to research using an iPad, record a student talking about it, put it online and share it. The progress just in
0: that is phenomenal. So I was in school when we first got dial up. Yeah. You know, that that was a huge thing. <laughs> yeah. And the progress in AI I think is going
1: to be just as fast, if not faster. I think there's three Key areas, I'm really excited to see what can happen with AI over the next five years, which is marking, video, virtual reality, um, and then one for teachers to think about will be safeguarding. So I'll, I'll go for this. Marking, at the moment, a lot of time is spent on marking. I think the most recent studies show that out of all the teachers in the world, teachers in England work the second longest hours out of a huge survey, and a huge chunk of that is marking. So... If, and it's getting close, it's not there yet, it's not reliable enough yet, if AI progresses to the point where it can read, analyse, writing, thinking particularly about primary school assessments, those writing things where you've got to include certain things, um, if it can do that reliably, quickly, and trustworthily, then that will be a huge workload taken off teachers and might even introduce, take away some of the... um, Modulations, which come because different teachers are assessing slightly differently at the moment. So marking could be a huge one. Videos and virtual reality. We're we're already seeing images coming up really well. I don't think we're that far away from seeing high quality videos. And suddenly with the advances in virtual reality and augmented reality, I can really imagine a situation where you have a virtual reality ancient Rome where children can explore, see it all, but then also talk to a moment and have their responses auto-generated back in a realistic talking voice. If you're doing a, a project on, I don't know, a- ancient Maya, be able to go and speak to the priests and the leaders and have them respond with their viewpoints. That would that would be amazing to have in a classroom.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I want to do that, that sounds really good. <laughs>
1: well, we're not there yet and, and there's steps to go, but I'd, all the building blocks seem to be there. And In education, that could well be a next step. And I think those are two really positive things which could be coming marking, virtual reality, and videos. There is one thing which I think as educators we need to be aware of in the next five years when it comes to AI, and that is safeguarding. Humans, we build connections with anything, we'll make those intimate connections, those personal connections with anything. I've named my Hoover. That's the level we're talking about with humans. <laughs> then there was a study and they found that soldiers weren't held funerals for their bomb disposal units when it broke. They were that emotionally connected to it. Now, with AI, we're going to see chat um, bots. We are going to see chatbots with um, videos and images. We're, we've already seen that. And this could easily, if we're not careful and we don't teach our children about it, there could be risks involved in that. Even now, all of the chatbots, which are around at the moment, they have safeguards. Sometimes those safeguards fail because they are auto-generated because they are AI at work. So as teachers, we're going to need to be aware of what's happening and how to safeguard uh, the children in our care. I think the analogy I'm thinking of is fake news. When I started teaching, there was... It was rumbling. It was beginning. But over the past five years, everyone has had to address fake news in the classroom. We've had Key Stage 1 teachers, Key Stage 2 addressing how do we teach this to safeguard the children so they're not exposed to misinformation, disinformation. That's something I think as an education sector, we're going to have to address and be aware of and be proactive in now because there are there are risks in this as, in, as there are in all things.
0: Yeah, and I think that's such an important point to bear in mind. Can I just ask as well for teachers who may be working in high schools and maybe colleges and universities, how do you think it will affect plagiarism going forward?
1: It's a really interesting one. Already you are seeing some text generators take responsibility themselves. Um, I think it was ChatGTP which um, created some software for schools which allowed them to check. But even now that's there's going to be other ones. I think we are going to have to reimagine how we do assessments and what we are assessing and what's the best way to assess that. If we're assessing knowledge, then already, if we're assessing knowledge, we wouldn't send a quiz home as homework because the internet's there, they'd look it up. We need to reimagine how we're going to do this, what the best ways are going to be. Now, my expertise is primary. Year six was the oldest I taught, um, and the way assessment works in year six is you don't really do any at home. It's, it's within the class. So secondary is something I think the sector is going to have to think about and really reimagine what we are trying to assess and why we're trying to assess it and then do it best. I think, honestly, a lot of our system is, is a hangover from 50 years ago because we haven't needed to change. We're going to need to change.
0: So it might even bring about some positive changes.
1: Absolutely. And this disruption often does. Um, If we think about um, the internet, about broadband, about the accessibility of information, that was seen as a bit of a a threat. Oh, they can just get their phones and Google. They can find the information. That's their homework done. And they've learned nothing. What it's forced us to do is reimagine what that is. Okay, we're using it now as a research tool. And we've reimagined a lot of these home assessments so that instead they're not just finding the answer, they're projecting it themselves, they're presenting it themselves.
0: I, I know it's not quite the same but I was told at university that there was outrage from some teachers when photocopiers became commonplace because it was lazy and there was even outrage when paper started overtaking slates because that was seen as not proper in some way so I, I think there's always resistance to new technology oh, yeah but I think this this is this is big and it will change things hopefully for the better
1: and, and again it's this as a teacher sitting um, at the start of your career being aware of what's going on and being aware of why you're doing things why are you setting this assessment why are you teaching this lesson that extra awareness will allow you to respond when things don't go as in planned or when things need to change because of new developments
0: Okay, well, I have one more AI question for you. Um, A few people have asked me this just in my personal life, um, and I've always thought it was quite funny, but do you think AI would ever get to a point where it could do a teacher's job?
1: It's it's the image, isn't it, of the robot teacher teaching in all the science fiction. Uh, For me, I don't think so. I think if you look at what teaching is and what a teacher does, it is an intensely personal human process. The heart of teaching is a human connection. There's been many studies which show that a good positive teacher-student relationship leads to better learning and better teaching. That It's it's that relationship that's at the heart of it. And I think- Absolutely. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? And, and we know this from, from teaching. When you start the class and you don't really know them, it, it's difficult. When you get that good positive student-teacher relationship going, you, you see miracles. So AI can't really replace that. The other thing I would say is that teaching is more than just imparting academic facts. It's more than just the, here's some intellectual facts, here you go. Teaching at the heart of it is helping children develop academically, but also emotionally and socially. Whether you're in a secondary uh, setting or in early years or in key stage two or one, you are helping these students develop as people, as humans. You are connecting them to a wider world You are helping them interact with each other and with adults. And that comes out of a relationship which AI just can't replicate. I mean, there's already teaching tools, aren't there? You you could get a child, stick them on the computer, get an educational video, get a quiz. They'll have learned something by the end of it. We don't do that because it loses the human connection that children need to develop and grow.
0: Yeah, and we actually, we kind of got an inadvertent experiment with that, with everything that happened in the last few years, and people resoundingly didn't like it. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, just quickly, this has been so interesting, by the way, but just quickly, we get a lot of questions about um, people starting teaching and thinking maybe they teach their first year abroad. Yeah, what was your experience teaching in China and would you recommend it?
1: So I, I love teaching in China. So I taught four years here first um, in the, in England and I would recommend doing that before you go abroad most of the time, because actually learning within the setting you've experienced in training, teaching in that setting, gets those good building blocks. And also, for all its faults, and my word, it has a few, the England's teaching system produces teachers which are valued, respected worldwide. The things I was doing in class teaching, which was just basic teaching, I thought, was seen. oh, that's really good. We'll, we'll, We'll learn from that. So, Having a few years' experience really benefits. But I I absolutely love teaching internationally. It is an experience which was phenomenal. I went in um, summer 2020 to China. Um, Unusual time to go to China. Um, Yes. (laughs) Everything was kicking off. We were the first plane back into China since um, COVID had happened. But the experience of a different culture was amazing. Different people but mostly for an education point of view, different educational systems and styles. I was teaching in an international school which had students from America, France, Korea, China, all over the world, each bringing a different experience of education and a different life experience. And actually, as a teacher, learning from the children and learning from the teachers, being able to take the best of both was was really rewarding. So, Absolutely loved it. Really recommend it. I'd get a couple of years experience first so that you go in confident because you don't want to be halfway around the world and really having that crisis of confidence. Can I do this if you can avoid it?
0: That's a really good point. And uh, thank you for that, because a lot of people ask us that, and it's, it's just not something I've experienced, so I can't really offer any help. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, John. Oh, just before we sign off, if people wanted to read your Digest articles, how would they get to them?
1: So we're on Twitter, we're on the website. So on the website, uh, very simple, twinkle.co.uk forward slash news. It's as simple as that, forward slash news. We have all the latest education news, education policy, education research. Each of us writes for a different sector segment, um, but we're all across all things. So we've got information for Key Stage 1, Key Stage 2, secondary. If you have an interest in SEND, we've got specialists for that as well. We are also on Twitter at um, Twinkle Digest. That's at Twinkle Digest. And then each of us also have our own personal one. So I am um, at John Digest. That's J-O-N Digest.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much. And I think we've shared a few of your articles. So if you're following us on social media, you might get a few Digest articles come through as well. Okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a brilliant end to the year. And we'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.